Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Highly Unprofessional Podcast. Man, I did five straight episodes last week. I actually made it five straight. Um, but the work didn't stop this weekend. I almost put one out Saturday. But you know what? I was like, um, nah, I'm going to work on, um, I'm going to work on, you know, my chart analysis and all that. That has nothing to do with, you know, podcasting. But I did. Man, I came up with some stuff. I understood some stuff. You know, it was great. I put in, you know, a, a lot of times. A lot of people, um, when you start a business or something like that, or, you know, you get into something like this, podcasting, they uh, they don't want to see the see any of the work. You know, uh, a, a saying that I heard years ago that I love is, you know, don't tell me about any other labor. Just show me the baby. That's how 99% of people are. You know, they don't want to know about any of, you know, any other work that it took to get there. They just want to know that they can do it. Everybody, as Americans especially, everybody just wants to know that, you know, I'm going to jump into this and this guy made a whole lot of money or... Uh, maybe you grew up with somebody, right? And, you know, perfect example. So you know how you go to high school or whatever, or you're growing up with people out through elementary, and you have, you know, the, the crowd that's, you know, really popular and all that, and then you have a crowd that's not so popular, and you have people like me who's, you know, cool with everybody. I'm, I'm, I was, you know, popular, but I didn't have a popular, like, person mentality. Like, I didn't care about none of that. You know what I'm saying? I just enjoyed going and enjoying stuff. But, you know, uh, the people, a lot of times people get voted as, uh, like, who's who. And um, you have people who are, like, most likely to be successful. Now, in our case, I can't remember exactly who won, but... I believe that the people who were voted most likely to be successful, I can't remember who it was. But, you know, in, in some aspects, you you get it right. You know who's going to do what. You know, people, some people are going, if you go to a big enough school, some people are going out to be doctors and, you know, dentists or whatever. And for the most part, at our school, you know, those people did it. You went out to be engineers. So, you know, those people, you know, those people, you know, they're going to go to college or whatever. They probably going to goof off and wild out. But at the end of the day, you know, they putting their work in to accomplish, you know, whatever career path that they want to. Um, But there are those people who, you know, they're so popular and everything. And you're blinded by that, that you don't see that they actually have zero talent in in anything like they don't have any passion for anything they you know they might have showed up and they had a little job or you know we had people who sold a little weed or whatever and they always came to school um in in cool in Kuji and jabos you'd have to grow up when i grew up to know what that is or you you know you'd have to be black but uh yeah, you know, you have, or, or even uh, in the white kids situation, they show up, and some of the black kids, they show up, and uh, 
Arapostal and um what's another white people store? Uh fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Uh what's the other pack not, not pack son? I don't know. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Like you had those people and everybody, you know, thought they were so cool, but your mind was only in the present in terms of thinking about them. You never really looked at them or you didn't consciously look at them thinking that, you know, this person's going to be wildly successful one day. And then in my case, um, I went off, I went off and, you know, I got to experience the world, both good and bad, right? A lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, soon as I essentially, soon as I got out of high school, as soon as I walked across the stage, I stayed, um, in the Huntsville area where I was, uh, where I grew up at, um, where I went to high school. I stayed in the Huntsville area for maybe like 35, 45 days. And shoot, then I went back to my grandma's house, man, and, uh, you know, went from there. But um, you had, like a lot of people, what, another thing that was cool about where I grew up was to, to see how many people have become entrepreneurs or like, I think we have an unusual amount of number, uh, unusual number of people who, actually work for themselves who went to school with us right in different fields or whatever who literally are you know it's rare if you have one person who does it but to have multiple people who do it you know that's 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 pretty special but again like i was saying you had those people who you think are going to be so cool and then once you come back years later and you know i like to say uh people have been uh uh, life then beat the hell out of them and you see them and you like man you fell off like you don't say it to them i mean maybe maybe you do maybe you do because it's some people who can't wait to get their revenge there are some people who uh wasn't super popular or whatever but they knew they was going off and they knew that they was going uh get in a career field because you, you know maybe they was doctors or whatever the case, lawyers or, you know, maybe they were the entrepreneurs and they couldn't wait to see that person again years later to rub it in, right? I haven't seen anybody do that, but I could imagine that there are people who who have done that. I'm more than positive that there are people who couldn't wait to, to rub it in or to see how somebody's failed or whatever in life. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in my case, um, you know, it wasn't nobody saying, you know, yeah, you're going to do this or, you know, thinking I was going to do this. But I can go to uh, my last job where uh, a couple years ago, right, I was um, I, I didn't eat meat for, I say, like seven months, seven months or something like that almost a full year, right? And you had a lot of people who was like, oh man, that nigga lying. And then, you know, I show up every night at lunch, um, at lunch, and I wouldn't have like no meat or nothing on there. And 
I, I just never understood like why people because because the reason the whole thing came up was for some reason somebody just started paying attention to what I was eating and they at that point in time and of course you know they made it their business to go tell a lot of other people and it snowballed and you know next thing you know everybody knows your business but what killed me was a lot of people was like ah oh, he's just doing that for attention attention from who we at work number one number two like <laughs> i don't be around enough people to seek attention like who am i seeking attention from the people who i i done been talking to i i have been at the job for um what four years three years at that point in time like i i mean who, who am i looking for attention from i know everybody around here right i know i'm not trying to talk to if i don't talk if i haven't talked to you in four years like we haven't developed a talking relationship talk about life and politics with you just out the blue so uh i had got a call i'm sorry y'all I, I lost my train of thought i had got a call but yeah you know i was um i was um you know, I did that for like six or seven months. And, you know, after a while, I used to do stuff like carry a whole water, a whole gallon jug of water around. And, you know, people used to say I was looking for attention or whatever. You know, like it, it's stuff that you shouldn't be worried about. Like it's just a, it's just water. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but obviously there was young ladies there who who noticed and, you know, they used to come come up to me and say something. And I remember more than one time, you know, like somebody might, uh, uh, a young lady might come up and say something to me and ask me, you know, what you doing there for? Why are you drinking? All, why I see you always carrying that jug of, jug of water around? And then some nigga come out of nowhere and be like, oh, man, and he just trying to get some attention from y'all. That happened to me on several occasions, several occasions. So, uh, the point that I am trying to make is, you know, uh, when I left, when I left or I used to talk about, I talked about it for a couple of years, you know, one day I'm going to leave and I used to tell this to one person in specific, I'm going to leave and I'm going to take a chance on myself, man. I'm going to bet on myself. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to bet on myself. Right. And at this point in time, I didn't know there was a way for me to learn about, you know, the stock market, which was, you know, being an investor was my whole like goal. And, you know, when I was in college, um, I would say the only degree and I don't even know if anybody has this degree or anything, but uh, the only degree that would have just made me settle down and take college serious from an academic standpoint was real estate development or, you know, something that was catered towards um, investing. And, you know, you have classes that do that. I know you have classes that do that, but I don't know if anybody has like a full blown program just dedicated to that. Right. So, you know, I, I didn't take academic serious in uh, college and, you know, Obviously, like I've said this before, you know, I've successfully dropped out of college twice. You don't need to graduate from high school for this. Uh, 
You just have to want to do it. And nobody sees, you know, when I'm up at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock at night after only taking, you know, a one a one hour nap and getting up to look at charts or to get on a webinar call or whatever for, you know, two hours and then stare at a chart all day and then uh, to do all of that. Right. And get three hours of sleep in a day only to lose your money. Right. And then you do that over and over and you lose money and you're not seeing any return. But I come back every day, every day. Right. And I nail down um, a strategy. I finally feel like I'm heading in the right direction. And then, you know, again, like I like I said, probably on like one of my first episodes, I'm going to do like a year review on, you know, the podcast and everything and where it's went. And, you know, I'm kind of keeping my results or whatever to myself. But, you know, I I feel good about, you know, and we're a long ways away from my one year. I'm, I'm going to do it on May the 1st of next year because I might have started. Did I start the podcast before then? I, I think I did, but I I don't know. I don't remember. I probably didn't. Um, but I, I officially started uh, into trading on May the 1st. So I'm going to wait till May the 1st. And, you know, we'll look back. And, you know, the, the thing just like trading, you know, nobody sees uh, when I'm up and all that at night because my wife, um, just said, man, you don't go to sleep in like three or four hours because, you know, she be knocked out. You know, she know that we get in the bed around the same time. Right. Or sometimes I don't never get in the bed at all. Like I might take a nap early in the day and, you know, I'll be I don't go to sleep until four or five o'clock the next morning. And, you know, I turn around and get right back up at uh, seven thirty, eight o'clock. You know, sometimes, hey, it's not moving and I'll check it and, you know, it's kind of going haywire and I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to sleep and maybe it'll calm down. But, you know, um, I enjoy it, though. I enjoy the process. It's weird that, you know, you could lose money or something like that and you you have a hungrier itch to uh to go back and get at it like you know i didn't i didn't had i had like whirlwind of emotions that i never thought you could feel that combination of emotions all at once like it was an awful feeling but strangely like i don't know i don't it i don't know if it feels like a, a panic attack or what but I, if it was, I experienced it, but I could tell you this. I know I felt like so many, like a combination of the worst emotions that you could ever feel at once. And, you know, my wife had talked to me and calmed me down. And then at the end of it, when I finally came down, I was like, I need to experience it again so I can you know, figure out a way to defeat it or, you know, I, I have to get over that if I'm going to be doing this. And let me tell you something, to be an investor, you have to be a psychopath, man. Let me just tell you that. Let me just tell you that to be an investor, 
you have to go against like all regular emotions. That's why they said that, um, you know, as a general thing in the in the trading community where, you know, only 10 percent of the people who get into trading are actually stick to it and become successful. Right. And, and you know, actually turning a real profit. And, you know, I want to be a part of 10 percent, but more so I want to be a part of the one percent. Right. Like I don't want to just be making money. I want to really be um, I want to really be doing something where people are like, man, you really you really did leave and didn't look back like you really turned it into something. Right. But I don't even think about the money like I'm thinking about the process. I want I want to look at it like if you if you coach sports and you come up with a new offensive scheme or a new defensive scheme and you're like, you know, you look back at the end of the season and, and you got tunnel vision like you on to the next one, like you're only worried about what's in front of you right now. And then at the end of the season, if you put in so much time and so much effort into it and it actually worked out, then you're like, wow, bro, like it actually worked out. Like, and everybody don't get to say that because a lot of guys who put in the work or whatever and they end up losing every game, you know, every year and then they lose their job. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's not where I wanted to start at, but I'm going to take a break and we're going to come back and we'll talk about uh, Dak Prescott getting off of thirty million dollars. But, you know, somehow in his mind, he believes he's worth forty million dollars. Right. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was looking for guarantees, but this nigga was looking for 40 mil. All right, man, we back from break. Um, I went back and forth on doing it, but you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, you know, if you want to call this conspiracy theory uh, corner or whatever you want to call it, I just got to say it, man. I've been going back and forth on saying it, but I got to say it. Um, I don't think uh, Jeffrey Epstein or whatever the hell his name is, I don't think he killed himself. I don't if he did. I don't think he hung himself. Let me say that. I don't think he hung himself. Why would you think that, Akeem? Well, you know, when I was 22, I worked in the jail, right? Not only that, but auntie works at the jail. Has been there for a very long time. I have a cousin who's got uh, over what is it like two decades in the in the. Uh, prison system my dad's worked in the prison system so i know quite a few people who's worked there the first thing is um you know they don't have bars in the prison anymore so what what would he hang himself like where did he hang himself from that's the one thing like they just said oh he committed suicide by hanging Hanging from what? Like, uh, does he have, did Spider-Man show up and tie some Spider-Man webbing around his neck and 
like what what did he hang what did he hang from because i'm trying to figure it out like anybody who i don't know how many people have been to jail or whatever um i ain't talking about like a holding cell or nothing like that i'm talking about actually back there where whether you've been an inmate or you know you've been in a prison or whatever like where where could he have hung the whatever he used to hang himself with like how did he do it right especially especially this what got me because i know he wasn't in the cell with nobody i know he wasn't in the cell with nobody he's too high profile for that so that means he what there wasn't a bunk bed because I, I tried to, you know, consider every possibility. There was no bunk bed there. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm just telling you that right now. He's too high profile. There was and then he hadn't even been sentenced to, you know, a um he hadn't went to trial anything yet. So he definitely wouldn't have been in, you know, like a, a major prison or anything so i know he didn't have no room i know he didn't have no cellmate yet even if they was gonna give him one i know he didn't have no cellmate yet so that's the second thing right there that was the second wait what um so we the 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 final thing would be i don't know if anybody's seen like the the cover the the blanket that they give you to lay under on number one, that hard ass concrete block that they give you to sleep on, but like it's designed, it's designed for it to be unbelievably difficult for you to roll that cover up and you know make a noose out of it. Like it's, it is really, really, really difficult. It he would have had to cut it and. The thing about that would be like, you know, Epstein has been in jail for what, a couple weeks? Like it takes people to be in prison for years to learn how to sneak contraband in. Like it, it takes years for them to learn how to do that. So how would he have learned how to, you know, do all of these things that would allow for him to, you know, commit suicide? Like, uh, you know, Aaron Hernandez committed suicide, but you know, and Hernandez knew he was getting life once they got him. And it took him how many years to finally create the situation to be able to do it? And you're telling me this guy was able to figure it out. Never, ever been locked up before. And he was able to figure out how to do it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Right. If he did die or if he if he, you know, some did happen, it wasn't by hanging. I can tell you that much right now. It was not by hanging. But that's just my opinion. You know, that's a com- conspiracy or whatever. But I don't believe it. Right. But, you know, and apparently a whole bunch of other people on Twitter didn't believe it either. So I don't know, man. Whatever the case may be, you know, if it was, you know, some of fake your death, use your power to fake your death or whatever. Right. Because, hey, look here. If we could talk about people like uh, Tupac and all them faking their death years later and all that, then, hey, look, don't don't be sitting here talking about I'm an idiot or whatever for uh, saying that 
um, somebody like this who had way more power and money than all of them could ever dream of. Right? He's had way more influence than all of them could ever dream of. And it was just so ironic that, you know, the last thing is so ironic that somebody would agree to testify on all of these, all of these high profile individuals and then just turn up dead. Ain't that ironic? Right. And then he killed himself. Right. I'm going to agree to tell you everything I know. But you know what? Now nah, I thought I thought about it. I'm going to I'm going to kill myself right after I agreed to it. So I don't know, man. Whatever. Moving on. Hey, Dak Prescott got offered um, $30 million, right? Some, um, an amount that he's not worth, but neither is Kirk Cousins. Um, who, else, who else got all that money? There's a couple quarterbacks who didn't got a lot of money that they're not worth. Right. Uh, Matt, Matthew Stafford, the biggest case of not being worth it. And when Matthew Stafford got his big deal, I remember all oh my guys like, you know, I remember so many radio hosts. Oh, my gosh. I remember so many guys on uh, like ESPN radio and all that because I used to listen to it at work at night while we'd be working on cars. And they were like, there's a bunch of idiots out there on social media who are saying that. That was the stupidest move in the world. And, you know, this was like three years ago when he got this deal. And they were like, you just don't get football. You don't get football, right? So three years down the line, remind me, that $30 million got the Detroit Lions where? Because they haven't made the playoffs, right? Matt, Matthew Stafford's never won a playoff game, but you're telling me that I don't get it. But the same people will tell you that, you know, a guy like Cam Newton – is not a good quarterback or whatever. FYI, Cam Newton, by the way, Cam Newton, by the way, uh, has been the NFL MVP. Matthew Stafford has not. Cam Newton's won a playoff game. Matthew Stafford has not. Cam Newton's been to the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford has not. Matthew Stafford had one of the greatest receivers of all time. Couldn't do nothing with him. Cam Newton got to play with a uh, Pro Bowl receiver, right? Even though Steve Smith is an all-time great. But somebody who's even just considered a Pro Bowl receiver one time, his rookie year, and he threw for 4,000 yards, right? Threw for 4,000 yards. And um, they've never gave, they've never given him anybody else, that, despite having chance after chance to, you know, go after – uh, the the big time talent in the whether it was in the draft or whatever, they had chance after chance and they didn't do it. They didn't do it, but he's still able to perform. Cam Newton will be the first player in NFL history, possibly the only player, but um definitely the first to have a chance to be um number one have what is it? Over 250 passing touchdowns or 200 passing touchdowns, whatever it was. I checked his numbers. I can't remember. But uh, And to have 100 rushing touchdowns, right? He has a chance to be on the top um, 20 touchdown pass list and be on the top 10 rushing touchdown list. He has a chance to have 10,000 career rushing yards and have, uh, what is it, 30 uh 
what, 30, 40,000 passing yards or whatever it is. I, I, I looked at all this stuff the other day. I can't even remember. But the point being, though, um, they'll convince you that certain guys who actually are worth it aren't worth that, that amount of money or they're not worth that commitment or whatever. Then they'll turn around and say that certain guys – you know, you it's about you have to understand football and they'll make all these excuses in the world to tell to, you know, cover up how trash somebody really is. Like, I ain't going to say Matthew Stafford is trash, but he's not good. Like, at best, if you're grading quarterbacks, at best, he's a C plus at best on his best day. All the conditions are right. He's a C plus. That, that's that's the best he could do. And. You know, in that case, you're saying, well, this guy, if you're Dak Prescott's agents, this guy uh, has never won a playoff game and, you know, has only been to the playoffs like once or twice or whatever. But Dak is still young and he's already been to the playoffs, you know, multiple times and he's won multiple playoff games. So in that case, I'm like all for it. I'm like, yeah, man, Dak, get your money. Because when they said he turned down the $30 million initially, first thing my mind went to was, okay, so they put in, the Cowboys put in some type of uh, stupid, like, <clears throat> uh, clause or whatever in which he had to, you know, perform a certain kind of way to get all his money or, you know, he had to do something out of the norm or whatever or whatever to get all his money. That's what I was initially thinking, right? Because there wasn't any like full details or whatever. Or I was thinking, you know, he wanted a certain amount of guarantees and they fell short of the number, right? Then it comes back out um, that he in fact wanted $40 million a year. And I was like, okay, I don't even have to read nothing else. Right. Number one, that 40 million dollars is a number that I am more than positive because he's, you know, the, the people who represent him, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not mistaken, is C C double A. Right. FY is one of the people who are on the list that complained about Rich Paul. Right. Who responded back to what the NCAA said. But these are. Uh, one of the people on the list who complained about Rich Paul. Now, there's no official list, but, you know, there are official people who have said things about, you know, uh, agents and agencies who complained. Um, but, yeah, the fact that they're trying to do this, the fact that they are trying to do this is like uh, greed on their end. And, you know, they're trying to I, I could say that this is like uh, them trying as a response to, you know, the, the growing power of like Rich Paul or whatever. Like, you know, there's so many like objectives here on their end that you could that you could say they, um, you know, uh, Rich Paul and not to you know make this whole thing about them like they're not asking for a certain amount of money just because Rich Paul, because Rich Paul doesn't have any football clients yet, right? But he just signed a deal with a um, with another sports agency uh, to merge or, you know, combine staff or whatever 
Um, I don't I don't think they take over clutch sports or anything, but, you know, it's kind of like a joint partnership. And uh, I think he will that would uh, allow for him or some of the people under him to take on um, NFL clients and, you know, clients in uh, other sports across the world. But, you know, in order to kind of flex their muscle or whatever, you know, they all of a sudden now want to start doing their jobs better. Like you should have been trying to get your clients the best deals um, all alone instead of being buddy, buddy. And now that, you know, you feel threatened because, uh, they had a ranking of like the top agencies across sports in the entire world. And, you know, I believe CAA was one or two. And there was like this, uh, group that was, you know, representing a bunch of soccer players. And, you know, they were based in like uh, London or somewhere, but uh, on down the list, the, one of the smallest groups on there was Clutch Sports, and you know, number one, the fact that they made the list was impressive, and number two, number two, they were, <clears throat> they were, um, they were pretty high up on the list, like they weren't near the bottom. I can't remember exactly what number it was, but you know, you see somebody like this who is you know, growing so much influence and, you know, has 100% their client's best interest in mind, right? Like, and they're not like a lot of these agencies, they are friends with, they are friends with the organizations first and the league first. And that's not how it should be. You should have a professional relationship with with the league officials, uh, the team officials or whoever, but your client should be number one. And that's not the case in a lot of these situations. And I feel like this is an attempt to be like, you know what? Well, you know, we have this rule, but still that's that's not going to, um, that's not gonna do it enough for us. That's not going to make a big enough of an impact. So we have to, we have to do something major. Like we have to do something major to uh to show that we are here like we're still number one or whatever and <clears throat> it's understandable if you know uh a football player along the lines of tom brady if tom brady was you know 10 years younger and he asked for something like this well i mean the proof's in the pudding tom brady can get to the super bowl almost every year and he's got what a 60 65% success rate maybe more in the super bowl so you know you give somebody like that 40 40 million dollars because they can constantly get there right but you're not going to give a guy who is you know Dak Prescott in all honesty had reached his ceiling before Amari Cooper got there Amari Cooper raised his ceiling, and I believe that Amari Cooper, you know, will is so good, and he'll receive, you know, enough of the targets here. Number one, because he is that talented, but number two, because he's way more talented than the other receivers. So, you know, he'll receive, you know, the amount of targets here. I don't know if it'll be Antonio Brown level, but it's the same situation where for so many years until Juju Smith 
came there where Antonio Brown was just so much more talented than all the other receivers on his team that you could you would literally have to force feed him, you know, 15 passes a game uh, or more and sometimes to uh to be able to uh move the chains or to get into the end zone. And you know, uh Roethlisberger obviously had success before Antonio Brown got there, but Antonio Brown raised his ceiling, though, because Antonio Brown was by far and away the best receiver he'd ever played with. So, to me, um, I thought Dak Prescott should have, you know, took the $30 million but asked for a certain number of guarantees, right? You should have asked for and even in some cases, like what was smart about what Kirk Cousins did was, I believe $30 million was on the table for him, but the guarantees wasn't where he was at, wasn't um, wasn't where he would have liked them to be. So he took uh, a couple million dollars less on a yearly basis in terms of, um, I believe he's getting paid like 28 so $2 million less than $30 million, but... You know, you won't make your $30 million if, you know, uh, a lot of NFL, most NFL contracts are health and incentive based, whereas NBA contracts are fully guaranteed. So, you know, the thing that people don't know is they saying, yeah, you signed a uh, $30 million deal, but you have to hit all the incentives and you have to stay healthy in the most unhealthy sport in the world. So, you know, the thing that was smart that Kirk Cousins did was he took, you know, 27 or $28 million a year, but he's gonna, he could get hurt the first day of training camp and he's going to get paid $28 million that year because he took a fully guaranteed contract. That's what I was assuming that Dak Prescott was holding out for. I'm, I, well, he's not holding out. I was assuming, you know, that's where he was going with his negotiations. But, again, sometimes you have to be – um you know, and this kind of goes back to the Agent Peterson thing. Yeah, there's people who, there's people who uh, might have went to school or whatever, and you know, they might have you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years of experience in this field. But what the hell does that have to do with them having your best interest at heart? Right? You signed on the dotted line with them. They they didn't sign no, they didn't sign a moral contract with you to say, hey, we have to be 100% loyal to you. No, you signed an agreement that says we're gonna negotiate you with you, and we only care because we're making money off of you. That you know what I'm saying, like, and that's what goes back to um, the Rich Paul thing when he made his comments earlier today. He said that. Um, you know, you can get all the degrees or whatever you want to, but what what degree what degree do you get that says I am going to be genuinely care about my clients? What degree is there that you get that's going to determine that this person is going to be moral or this person is going to be a snake, right? And these are pretty much his exact words. Like, what degree is it that you're getting that's that's you know? preventing players from signing with people like this like what degree are they going to get that's going to provide life experience
right? Because you can go to medical school all you want to, but then if you don't practice on any patients, then how can you be a doctor? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you could you could go to Harvard and do all that type of stuff. What the hell does that got to do with you being good at your job, though? Right? You was just good at school. That don't make, You could be a trash person, but be a good student. So, I don't know, man. I, to me, to me, I'm not in there. And when I saw this, I decided not to read the article. Um, when I saw he asked for $40 million, I just talked it up to he's getting horrible advice. Right? He is getting horrible advice because... You know, sometimes, like I said, at a certain age, man, you have to take accountability, right? And I put the magic number at 25. You know, I know the world tells you that 21 is um, the age when you're grown and you're legal or whatever. But there's a reason that they let people rent cars at, at the age of 25 because they know that there's still a level of maturity. At 21, man, you're still a kid, man. You still a kid. You still got a uh, kiddish ways or whatever. Yeah, I understand that there are certain people who are more mature or whatever. But if you're more mature at that point, you've been more mature your whole life. So uh, at, a, at a certain age, you know, 24, 25, you have to you have to say, no, nah, I'm grown, man. I'm, I'm grown. I'm not I'm not about to. Yeah, you my agent, but I'm not about to just you're not going to make 100 percent of all the decision like you're not going to be the one to tell me what I'm comfortable with your job is to negotiate it and to bring it back to me similar to a real estate agent your job is to bring me um, negotiate the best offer or whatever and I say yes or no I'm willing to take this right I'm willing to take this not a penny less Right. Or in certain cases, you're like, I want this, but I'm willing to settle for this. And and that's that's what you're supposed to do. That's you're supposed to be your only job. So, again, to me, it's getting bad advice. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say it's the same level as uh, Adrian Peterson or whatever. But it does remind me, because if you. Uh, check that Adrian Peterson story out. It said that Adrian Peterson was letting people pay, have 100% access to his bank accounts, and they were paying all of his bills, right? So I was like, man, you know, this, this is, you know, this is a whole new like. Not only are we in a new millennium, we in the second decade of the millennium. We're at the end of the second decade of the, of the millennium. You could literally pay all your bills with a press of a button on your cell phone. And you were too lazy to do that. Like you, you were so caught up in being who you were that you were too lazy to do that. Right. You could go look at your bank account at the pressure, literally at the pressure of a button. You don't even have to put a password in if you don't want to. You could thumbprint. I want to log in thumbprint. Right. And you could go see all the charges that was coming off. But, you know, I heard something funny uh, on a on a radio show a couple weeks ago where a dude was like, uh, 
he'll like, man, I'm I'm ashamed to admit. And this is a guy who, uh, like late 40s or you know around 50 away, saying, man, I'm ashamed to say this uh, because people are talking about shows on Netflix, and he's like, I don't know how to work none of that stuff on my TV. And you know everybody's cracking up laughing. I was cracking up laughing, and he was like, "Man, I be ordering stuff on uh on my TV, and it, it expired because I can't figure out how to get to it." And that's funny, but at the same time, it's sad because you can't perform you know basic computer functions. And you know, there's a lot of people in the world who think like so old school or whatever in terms of like electronics and all that type of stuff to where they'll be like, um, to where they'll be like, man, that's stupid. That's corny. I don't need to know how to do none of that stuff. And I'm like, no, you stupid and you corny because you can't even figure out how to do like a one, one step login. Or if you can't work Netflix or nothing like that, then that's funny as hell. But it's also pretty sad, like, because you're you're letting people know that, and you know, next thing you know, somebody will be like, okay, well, if I'm handling business for him, or if I'm a agent or whatever for this guy, then I'm going to put, you know, if we're doing negotiations or whatever, I'm just gonna sweet talk him into, you know, putting all this stuff uh, online or going paperless or whatever. So now. He doesn't even have basic computer skills, so now I can gain control of everything because he's too dumb to learn basic computer skills, right? And that kills me to see. I don't know if anybody knows people who uh, have an iPhone or whatever. It's really funny when it's like uh, guys who are older and the only reason they got like uh, iPhones and all that is because, you know, they like younger women and, you know, they got their phone or whatever and they put it on a little clip on their belt, but they got their big ass Bluetooth in. They can work that. They had the person who sold them the phone set it up. So all they got to do is press the button so they can work that. They can work that because all they got to do is press that button on their ear. But other than that, they can't do nothing. They, they can't even text message that good. Right. I know people. <laughs> I know people <laughs> who have troubles text messaging still, man. Like they they can't get to their text messages good on their phone. And literally the text message thing is right there at the bottom of, of the home page of your phone. Right. But they got that because, you know, it's like um, when you are uh, introducing yourself to a young lady and you about to, you know, give her your little sales pitch you know i'm gonna give you this uh i want to pay your electric bill for services rendered right you don't want to seem like so far in the stone ages with a damn uh flip phone or whatever um that you know it kind of turn her off so i don't know man anyway you know dank prescott don't be an idiot man there's a such thing as being too greedy. Like, uh, again, I was saying earlier that I had um, developing my own strategy. That's one of the most successful things is uh, when you put in, you know, enough time on um, in a profession. I don't know how everything else works, but let me use mine, for example. You put in enough time on these charts or whatever, 
and you end up starting to see things and you're like, okay, well, you know, let me, let me try something. And then to see it actually turn around and make some money, man, bro, I was on like cloud nine yesterday and, you know, I had to tell myself, all right, yep, I didn't hit my goal for today. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm going to get off. And then, you know, I'll come back. Um, I'll come back later on, you know, later on tonight and get in and get at it. Right. So. In some cases, man, Dak, you have to look at the fact that, you know, get as much as you can get, but don't try and get way more than you deserve. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, you're uh, the other thing is, you know, your running back still needs to be paid like y'all all pulling out the same pot. Y'all pulling out. Y'all eating off the same plate. So if you want your running back to still be there and you still want this receiver who was a godsend for you because uh, if they didn't get Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott had continued on the trend he was on last year and then turned around and did did that same thing this year, then, hey, man, there's some pretty good quarterbacks coming out of college in the next two years. I'm sure the Cowboys would have been like, well, hey, you know, let's let's go check out these guys over at uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama or in Clemson, South Carolina or, or in uh, Athens, Georgia. You know, those three guys look pretty good, man. What are the chances we could get one? So, anyway, hey, man, that's been another episode, man. We're about to drop another one on Monday. I haven't really decided if I'm going to commit to another five days straight or not. But who knows, man? I'm feeling pretty good, man. So, I will holler back at y'all maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. You know, maybe Friday. Who knows? But y'all have a good rest of the day, man. Peace.